You're listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. Paradox Church is a Jesus-centered community where our motto is, Come as you are, no perfect people allowed. For more information about our service times, location, and to get connected with us, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. My name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Um, well, man, love. I don't know what I was just about to say, but uh, love being here with you guys. Um, I'm excited. We are in the second week of this series called Dreams here today, and here's what I believe is going to be happening. Uh, over the course of the next few weeks, um, I just... That, that song, right, like, man, God, you've done great things. God is going to be doing great things. He's been planting dreams, the seeds of great things in your hearts, and God is waking us up. He's waking us up to this new and better reality. That's what we talked about last week. So we said that God's dreams are more real and better than some of the ways that we sleepwalk through this existence. We get busy. We, we have the tasks of the day. We're just going through the mundane life, especially in these winter months, but God has something more. He's got something more for you. He's got something more for our church. He has dreams for Warren and your city and the nations of the earth, and it is exciting to be a part of it. It wakes us up. It makes us come alive, and it should fill us with excitement and joy. That's what dreams are. Dreams are not boring, right? Dreams are exciting, and one person's excited about them, so I'm glad. (laughs) I'm really, really glad. All right, let's do this. So I want to start with something really, really exciting this morning, uh, and that is commercials. How many of you love commercials? No? Listen, commercials are underrated, okay? I think commercials are underrated, especially when it comes to kids' programming. Uh, commercials have got kids figured out completely because I think that it's, it's like this engaging little TV show that's just the right uh, amount of time. It's like made for their attention span. Let's be honest. It's made for my attention span, right? 30 seconds or so, maybe 20, maybe 15. I get the whole message. It's great stuff. Um, I, now, come on. Now you can say it. How many of you like commercials? All right, there's, I gained one person, and that's 100% more than the last time. That, I'm on a roll today with this, all right? There's one commercial in particular that I've been loving, and I'm a crier, all right? I cry a lot, all right? Yeah, especially, like, my kids, Jenna, uh, my, my oldest, Jenna, is eight, and she knows it's coming. Like, there will be something emotional in a, in a TV show, a movie, or, dare I say it, a commercial, even, um, and she will look over at, at me and go, oh, not again. You know, like, here it comes. <laughs> I'm just, I'm ready to roll. The tears are always right there in the waiting, in the wings. And there's one commercial that makes me cry like none other right now. Um, now, this commercial does not do its job because I don't know what it's for. All I know is <laughs> So it has not moved me to any action other than crying. Um, there's, this, there's this grandfather, and it looks like the granddaughter comes and lives with him for a while. Do you know this one I'm talking about? Maybe? All right, well, we'll, we'll get there. I'm on a, like I said, I'm on a roll this morning, so we'll get there. The grandmother, the, no, the granddaughter comes and lives with them, and, and the grandfather's got all of these dreams, and, and he's looking at a car in particular, his dream car. And then uh, all this stuff starts happening, right? Expenses that come with kids, other people living with you. She's going away to college and everything. And on the day that I think she's going away, the grandfather hands this, these keys over, right, to the granddaughter. And she goes, oh, but, but Grandpa, what about your dream? And he says, do you know it now? 
Are you there? He says, I've got a new dream now, right? I know, right? I feel it coming. <laughs> he says, I got a new dream now. And that, to me, like, that gets me because I think there's something in it that gets all of us, right? There's something in us that go like, man, sometimes our dreams aren't as good as God's dreams for us. Sometimes we're holding on to things, trying so hard to make something happen, longing for it, looking back on it, working towards it, when the truth is that there's something better out there if we would only, if we'd stop grasping on and start letting go and say, God, what, what, what do you have? What's true? What's right in front of me? What are you bringing into my life? Sometimes there's a new dream. Sometimes there's a better dream. And the way that we see it is by letting go of, of old things and exchanging our dreams, or, or maybe it's better to say our plans, for God's dreams. Because we can make plans, right? I do it every single year. I don't, I don't know if you guys hate New Year's resolutions. I love them. My, my resolution is just to make them. It's just like I love the process. I honestly, like I start right around Thanksgiving, and it sometimes goes until like Valentine's Day. I'm just in the process. It's, I, buy the, you know, I got the colored pencils. I, Gwen, is this not right? In my focus planner here, I've got like different lines and everything. I shade in other areas of my life. I create the perfect schedule. I, oh, the wording, the wording on my goals is absolutely perfect. I will use a dictionary and be like, no, I think it's, it's not really pursue this year. It's more engage. I'm going to be, this is a year of engagement. I love, I will craft it and I will make the plan. And then it's like, oh, the plan is over. And, and my heart, there's a little piece of my heart that breaks when the planning is done because I love the plan. We all have goals. We have plans. We have things that we're working towards. Maybe for some of us, it's not simply putting a colorful schedule together like me, right? I know, I dream big. I do. Um, but maybe for you, it's something a little bit more practical or bigger. The dream car, the dream vacation, the dream person, retirement, a dream job, dream school, right? We've, we've got goals. We've got plans. We're going to run three 5Ks. That's one of mine, right? Three 5Ks this year. The first one is coming up here in a couple, the Punchki run. If you're going to get me to run, it better be for a donut. That's, that's my, working, my working strategy, seriously. So uh, that's one of my goals, right? But we can make goals all day long. Having dreams, though, are different. And I want you to notice one, one key word in there, right? We make plans. We have dreams. Nobody ever made a dream, did they? No, we make plans. We make goals, but we have dreams. Dreams are these things that somehow come to us from almost seemingly outside of ourselves. There, there's a certain degree of inspiration that we're, when, we're, when we're resting, when we're sleeping, when things are good, right? When we're not just engaged in the busyness and craziness of life, when we're not driving hard and striving after something, it's almost like something in us awakens to a dream, and we're given dreams. We make plans, but we have dreams. And what I want to lead us to today is what if we started as people exchanging our plans for God's dreams? What would that look like? How would we even begin to do that? I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend my life pursuing and striving and being frustrated, bitter, resentful, exhausted, 
overwhelmed, stressed out, full of anxiety, maybe even hopelessness and depression because I'm going after something that isn't really God's dream for me. I want to tell you, if you're here for the first time, if you've never heard this before, all right, God has dreams for you. God created you. He designed you. He put purposes, passions in your heart. He knit you together and said, there are things, there are adventures, there are dreams that I have for you to accomplish, and they're not going to be things that you're going to dread. They're not going to be things that you're like, oh, man, when do I get to heaven now? Whoo, the life that God gave, the life that God designed. No, 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 God has exciting dreams for you, but we often settle for our own plans. Check out what Proverbs 19, 21 says. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it's the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but the purpose of God is the one that actually stands. We can spend our time running after and doing something that's not from God, and it will make us frustrated. It will leave us tired. We'll be exhausted. We'll be, it, we may or may not ever actually see it, and if we do see those plans come to fruition, they won't be as good as what God had for us to begin with. I want to be a person that dreams with God. I want to be a person that says, God, I don't want you to bless what I'm doing. I want to do what you're blessing. Where are you? What are you doing? I want to run after that. So we're going to go to the first couple of, of, of chapters of a book called Acts. And Acts records the beginning of this dream, God's dream from the beginning of all creation, that he would send Jesus to live, teach, die and resurrect again for every single one of us so that we could be in a relationship with him together in this thing called church that would bring heaven to earth, that would bring God's original dream, his intention for humanity in creation here now. And that's why we're looking at the beginning of the church because we have a part to play in God's dreams of making a new, better dream world here on earth. And it starts in Acts 1, verses 6 to 8. Uh, I know that, Rory, if you were in here right at the beginning, if you're an early bird, uh, Rory said that you can pull out your phone and head to an app called Uversion. Maybe you have it already. If you haven't, you can download that on any app store or Google Play. Uh, it is called Uversion, Y-O-U version. And um, if you go to events, you can find Paradox Church. Oh, look at that. Technology. We're on it today. I love it. Uh, you can find Paradox Church in the event section and follow along with everything that we're saying today, including Scripture. You could even sneak a text in there every once in a while, and you'll still be like, oh, no, I'm reading the Bible. All right? It'll be really great. So Acts 1, 6 to 8 says this. I'm going to go back to it. So when they had come together, these are, keep in mind, all right, these are Jesus' followers. They have just seen their leader uh, die and now be resurrected. They're with him, right? They're, they're sitting with him. They thought that their dreams were over. Israel and the people of the nation of Israel had been dreaming of this Messiah, this leader, this person that would come and save them from political oppression that they, they had been under, um, give, restore them back to their homeland, and along with it, all the good things that would come with that. So they've been looking, they've been waiting, they've been longing for this person. They thought it was Jesus, and now their minds are exploded because they, they thought that the whole dream was done, but now there stands Jesus resurrected from the dead. So they have some questions. Let's just put it that way. All right? They've got some questions. And in Acts 1, 6 to 8, it says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time 
restore the kingdom to Israel. Is, is now the moment? Is, is now the time? Is, are we going to run the play? Jesus, is, is this when all of the plans are going to come together? Like, are you going to say, now go get them, boys, and we're going to do this thing? He says, is this the time when you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? But Jesus says to them, that's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That phrase, right? Are you at this time? We've been waiting. We've been longing. We've been praying. We've been watching you. We thought it was all over. But are you at this time going to restore the kingdom? And what I love about this is, is look at, I see so much of myself in here. How easily we fall back into our plans, right? How easily we fall back into our own plans. In a lot of ways, I wonder if they, so all of the disciples, Jesus' friends are together. Is this the first strategy session, right? Is this, is this the pep rally for Jesus bringing the kingdom back to Israel? Are, are we going to muster up the energy? Are we going to make the plans? Are we going to get busy? Are we going to get to work? Jesus, give, it, give us the play that we're going to go out and run. But that's not where our most creative work comes from. That's not the place where God's dreams come from. When I'm sitting down there trying to muster up goals in my focus planner, that's, that's not where dreams come from. That's not where dreams are born. Maybe thoughts, maybe strategies, maybe plans and goals. But dreams, remember, come from a place of inspiration, from, from a creative place, from a place of rest. Have you ever noticed when you allow yourself to daydream? You're not busy with the tasks of life. When, you're, when, when else do you dream? When you're asleep, right? But it's not even just when you're asleep. There are different stages of sleep. And your most vivid dreams come not from stage one, where your eyes are closed, but it's easy to wake you up. Uh, I don't think that new moms ever get out of stage one sleep. Right? Right, new moms? Yeah, you're, you're too tired to raise your hand. I understand. Um, <laughs> stage two, light sleep. Stage three, deep sleep. It's harder to wake. Maybe if you wake up in that, in that time period, you're disoriented. But stage four, there's something called REM sleep. REM sleep. It's intense. It's very deep. This is where your body is actually taking the memories of the day, and it's storing them in your long-term memory. It's, it's restoring your body and bringing life back. There's healing that's happening. There's growth that's happening in this phase. Babies, did you know this? Babies spend 50%, 50% of their sleep in REM sleep. Adults, on the other hand, spend about 20. Brings new meaning to what Jesus said when he says you should become like little kids, right? How many of us would love? Sleep 12 hours, have amazing dreams. Yes, Jesus. I told you it was good, right? 50% though. It's this time, get this though, when you are dreaming in an REM state, your brain is actually just as, as, if not more active than it is when you're awake, but your body is paralyzed. Your brain is active, but your body is paralyzed. There is a state that we can actually be in where we, we are, our brain is active, but we're not busy. We're not doing. We're not looking around. We're not seeing what's next. We're not on the go. And that's how many of us live. But when we, when we go, step back and go, I'm just going to rest. I'm going to restore. There's this place where there's, there's health. There's life-giving rest where 
inspiration comes from, where creativity comes from, where our dreams come from. It's interesting that our, our mind does its best, most restorative, most life-giving work when we can't move, isn't it? It's best, most life-giving, restorative work when we can't move. And, I, and what I was thinking about is this. Is we, we think it's drive, right? Especially in America. We go back to the driven person. I want to have drive. 2020 is going to be the year, right? I'm going to be more driven for success in my business. I'm going to be more driven in my trips to the gym. I want the drive in my family. Whatever it is, we say, more drive is the answer. Try harder. Do more. Be better. But there's this place, actually, where we go back to, in, to rest, to restoration, to life-giving, and it's not our drive that actually makes us fully alive. It's this place of rest, of waiting. Jesus says, you will receive power, not when you go get them, not when you get out there. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. It's like my kids running ahead of me in the mall right? They, they just run. They see, they see the door, and they run up there, and they're, oh, little Nora, she's four, pushing with all of her might. You know, like this, this is some of us. We, like, we see where we're going, and we run towards it. We got drive, and we push hard, and we try harder, but she, she, the more she pushes, just the more tired she is, and her little feet, you know, start, they're, they're just slipping, and it's not going anywhere, but that to me is this picture of, of even saying like, hey, Nora, you will receive power when your daddy gets there, right? Sometimes she even thinks it's her, you know, like, oh, I, I really did it. No, 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 I was like right above you. I'm just like, boop, you will receive power when daddy gets there. How many of us have run ahead, run ahead of God's dreams for us, run ahead of where God wants us to be, run ahead in our spending, run ahead in our career? We're running ahead in our plans, trying harder when the truth is, the times are not for you to know. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. We say, I can do it, but no. God is saying, you will receive power when Daddy gets there. Those who dream. I want to I I take us through this. The, the, guiding, the, the guiding verse of this entire thing is Psalm 126.1, where it says, when the Lord restored the captive ones to Zion, we were like those who dream. We were like people that were living a dream so what does it look like to be those who dream? Well, dreamers, and get this, you're going to love it. It's going to spell dream, all right? Get ready, get ready. You can even just write D-R-E-A-M. All right, we're going to fill this in together. Those who dream are driven by Holy Spirit. They're not driven by self. They're not driven by ambition. Those who dream, if we're going to exchange our plans for God's dreams, then we're going to be driven by Holy Spirit. We spend so much time running ahead, pushing, trying harder, not wanting to waste time, right? But what if exactly those activities that we're doing, not wanting to waste time, are the wastes of time? What if we're wasting our time, wasting our energy, being driven on our own? See, the disciples are given a mission, right? They're given this mission. And what's the first thing that they're doing? They don't run out to go and do it, but Acts 1.14 says this. All of these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer, right? They're just sending good, positive vibes out into the universe. No, they're not doing that. That's not what prayer is. They're actually going to the one who gives power and saying, God, we need, we need you. You gave us this mission, we want to be driven by you. So they're devoting themselves 
to prayer, which many people in our culture would see is the greatest waste of time you could possibly do, right? How many of you, maybe you've been in like a, a small group. I know I, I work in church world, right? It's like, we got stuff to do too. Um, but you get into the meeting and, and some, someone really holy is like, well, oh, let's just spend some time in prayer. And you're like, oh my gosh, Survivor starts at eight, you know, like, come on, we got stuff to do. We got things to, let's go, right? It's a waste of time. But Jesus just gives his friends, his disciples, a great mission. And the first thing that they're doing is devoting themselves to prayer. What a waste of time. All throughout scripture, we see people waiting on the Lord. I mean, type it into Google, wait on the Lord. You'll see verse after verse after verse after verse, wait on the Lord. Here's what happens. You renew your strength. You're given power for this. You're, you're, you're guided and led into that. What if prayer is not a waste of time? What if it is the best investment that we can make in the future? What if it actually unlocks and unleashes things that couldn't and won't happen if we don't spend time in it? I want to say it again. What if it actually unlocks and unleashes things that couldn't and won't happen. There's this idea, right, that, that we just kind of float through life and God's will is always done. It's just always happening. No, no, no. There, one of the most famous prayers of all time, Jesus prayed it and he says, thy will be done, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Here's what this means to me. God's will's not always being done here. We live in a broken world with sinful people. Things are messed up. We've got competing agendas. There's demons and Satan messing with us all the time. No. A lot of the bad stuff that get, gets blamed on God is not from him. And when it's not covered in prayer, I, I honestly believe that there are things that God wants to do, that God's dreaming, that we could play a part in that we don't get to, that we don't get to see, because we're not unlocking them and unleashing them by going, God, we want that. We want your dreams, not our plans. Would you move? We, we need your power. What if prayer is the posture of power in our life? Well, power for what, right? Are we back to our plans? Are we back to our goals? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my goals, pray about them first, and then they all happen, right? No, I'm not that kind of preacher. I might have the sneakers, but this is no preacher and sneaker deal, all right? I'm not going to be up here saying any of that stuff today. No, no, no. Power for what? Point number two, those who dream are representations of Jesus. Why is he saying that weird? Representations of Jesus, all right? I'm going to bring you along on this, all right? You are a representative, yes, but sometimes that word loses meaning unless we say it differently. So we're going to say it this way. Everyone say it with me. Representations. Oh, man, you guys catch on quick. This is good. Acts 1, verse 6 to 8. The friends of Jesus say, Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? We fall into our own timing. We fall into our own plans, but we also fall back into our agenda, Right? Oh, all right, I'm going to pray my plans. Jesus, would you just give, like, a lot more money? I just pray that I would win the lottery this week. I'm just going to wait on you, God. Give me the numbers, right? I know you're afraid to laugh right now because you've done it. <laughs> We've done it. I've done that, right? God's dreams. So we end up praying things that are about restoration, right? Rest, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Are, are you going to give to us, God, Jesus? Are you going to bring it back to us? Are you going to bring us to glory? Like, we, we, need, we need some stuff here. We need some help, God. 
Are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Restoration is all about bringing back. God's dreams are more about representation than restoration. If restoration is all about bringing back, representation, representation is about going out, acting on behalf of, speaking for, looking like. It is a representation of Jesus. It looks like Jesus. We speak for Jesus. We act on behalf of Jesus. How often are our plans ultimately about us? We hear that prayer that I just prayed, right? Thy kingdom come, and we go, no, no, no. My kingdom come, Jesus. My will be done on earth as it is in heaven. No, God's dreams are about others. They're thy kingdom come. So picture this. Uh, You you have this, this group of people that Jesus says, you're going to go out and you're going to do this. You're going to bring my dreams to the world. But it's, you're going to have to exchange it, right? It's not about restoration. It's, gonna, it's about representation. So crowds have gathered in Jerusalem. And the point here is it's not comfort, it's not power, money, or fame, but crowds have gathered. There are religious leaders who have seen Jesus. Jesus has been presented to people by God already. And you know the story, Right? What did they do with him? What did we do with him? Said, uh-uh, nope, that's not God's dream. That's not God's kingdom. We know better than that. And we put him to death. So here's this representation of Jesus. Check out what Peter says in Acts 2, 36 to 38. Let me find it. Acts 2, 36 to 38 says, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him, being Jesus, both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Woo! That's, hey, you guys remember Jesus, remember? You killed him. That's essentially what he's saying, right? This is not a popular message, okay? This is not tickling the ears of the people. It is representing Jesus. Hey, you saw him once, you killed him, so let's just go on. Now then, they heard this and they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will receive that power. When you exchange what you you thought you knew, right, who Jesus was for something, this representation of Jesus, he gets represented to us, and we go, oh my gosh, I didn't see it. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it before. Now I do. It's about Jesus, I'm supposed to look like Jesus. I'm supposed to bring Jesus. Then we get this power from the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God's dreams are about representing Jesus. What brings more Jesus to a situation? What brings more Jesus to your future? More of Jesus into your heart and your life? That's what God's dreams are about. That's what kind of prayers have power. When you say, I'm going to represent Jesus in this. There's this podcast that I listen to all the time. It's my absolute favorite. We can talk about it after. Um, Don't necessarily want it recorded, you know. But anyway, (laughs) I I listen to this podcast, and it's just news, right? We're just talking about the news, but it's not like from a Christian perspective. No, I don't want all that stuff. Like, Like, I'm just listening to the news and what's going on. And so every time I do, like anytime something about the church comes up, or like, oh, here go, here go the crazy Christians again. They're doing something off. Like, there's this perspective where like, oh, man, why did those people? And I, I'm going to be honest. I share it sometime. I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't know. I don't know why we're doing this. Why is the family, it's the crazy uncle out there. You know, a lot of people think I'm the crazy uncle. Uh, so I, I get it. But 
every single time I'm listening, like something comes up and I'm like, they don't, they don't see it. No, that's not the point of church. That wasn't what Jesus was saying and doing. They don't see it. They don't understand it. They don't get it. But I, I know that I do this too, right? It's not like I always do. I always see it. I always get it. I always understand. No, I miss it all the time. We miss Jesus all the time. We come to church and we start thinking it's about church growth. You know, like, oh man, we're, here's a dream. What if our church got bigger? I said last week, that's a lame dream. Like it just is. That's, that's just lame. Why? Because the church's job is to, be, is to represent Jesus here. It's a representation of what Jesus would be like, what Jesus would be doing, what Jesus would be saying if he were here on earth. The church is a representation of Jesus. The point is not to grow. The point is not to succeed. The point is to represent Jesus. What about in our own lives, right? Is the point to succeed? Is the point to, to have it all together? To raise the perfect kids? To have your life go exactly as you planned? No, the point of my life is to represent Jesus to people wherever I go. To represent. I just want to share with you a... Uh, a video story about one, one woman here at our church uh, who does that so well. Her name is Renee, and uh, she, she had plans, she had dreams, she had vision for her life until God got a hold of her heart, and she began to exchange her dreams for God's. I want to share this story with you as you watch and see how she waited on God and represented Jesus in the, in the things that he had asked her to do. Take a look. The dream that the Lord gave me um, a long time ago wasn't something that I dreamed about as a child. Um, it came uh, unexpectedly. Uh, I was leading a women's uh, Bible study table, and the leader of the Bible study tables uh, decided that uh, the leader, table leaders needed to do the one, you do the closing. And uh, I was terrified of being in front of people, so I was the first one to say, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that, count me out. And then um, she kind of looked at me and didn't say anything. And then I went home and I decided maybe I should pray about that. And that I was the first one to stand up and do the closing uh, for our Bible study. And that was the beginning of me learning to say yes to God. I learned to speak what God told me to speak, to pray what He wanted me to pray to open up the Word of God to the women at my table, to share my story, my victories, my failures, and to glorify God through um, my own life and what He was teaching me. And at some point during that season of my life, the Lord said that He wanted me to write and He wanted me to speak. But writing was just kind of odd to me. I'm, I'm a registered nurse. I was a stay-at-home mom at the time, and I was like, writing. Okay. Uh, as I was going to a leadership conference, um, someone I went to church with, we were driving together because it was so far away. And um, she said to me, she was, Renee, what are your thoughts on spiritual disciplines? And she said, what do you think about writing a Bible study on spiritual disciplines? I just looked at her and I said, um, 
I don't know how to write a Bible study on spiritual disciplines. And she goes, I know, right? And she goes, well, what if you pray about it? So we prayed about it. And that began, began a five-year journey on writing a six-week Bible study on spiritual disciplines. So uh, embarking on that journey to write the Bible study um, helped me to realize that in Christ I can do all things. And that uh, writing, although was not my original dream, was something that Christ was birthing in me. So here, the woman that was afraid to speak in front of people is now enjoying speaking in front of people. The, per the woman that didn't uh, know that writing was something she wanted to do was now enjoying writing. And God let me know that he wanted me to be a writer and a speaker. Uh, the exciting part is speaking in my own church and um, bringing a better understanding of Jesus and the Bible to the people that I do life with. Uh, the other part of the dream was um, finally being able to write down on paper what it's like to be a friend with Jesus and how prayer can become just an ordinary conversation with Jesus, including Him in your everyday. And that book um, came out this past January and that was pretty exciting. So although it was hard to wait the 20 years, it was pretty sweet to look on Amazon and see that Let's Chat by Renee Richter was available. And I could share on my mountaintop because that was my prayer request. God, give me a mountaintop to share how much you love me and how much you love other people and want to be in a relationship with them. give it up for Renee again. I, I love so many of, of the things that Renee said. And by the way, if you're interested in just talking with Renee uh, about what it's like to, to hear from God and, and wait on him, and uh, that, that's the heart behind the book that she wrote, Let's Chat. Um, so I just want to invite you out on Friday right here at the church, Friday night, uh, come up, there's going to be food, and she's going to be releasing her book uh, officially, and we're just looking forward to encouraging her and celebrating with her. Um, it's Saturday. Si yeah, don't come up on Friday. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can pitch a tent and just wait on Friday. You're going to want to get in here. <laughs> I just didn't want you to miss it, that's all. Thanks, April. <laughs> all right. Uh, is, is that in you version? Maybe? I'm hoping that it is, and because I don't know. <laughs> it's Saturday night, all right? Um, I'm just waiting. We'll see. 5.30 is what I was about to say. Uh, yeah. April Nank, everybody. April. Yeah. <laughs> so here's what I love, though, about Renee in, in her story, right? This is not her dream. She has other dreams, and it's now... She's doing something that was, was kind of beyond her, her wildest dreams, beyond her imagination, beyond her comfort zone for sure, and it's better. She had to wait for it, but it's not just for her, right? She's representing Jesus, and it didn't even come from her. That's the other thing. So many times we think that it's our mission, right, like God's dream is just for us, but no, it's actually, it's not just for you. It's not always even born in you. No, those who dream are engaged in church community. I love that Renee's dream, Renee's adventure, came up from someone else 
who knew her, who, who was living life with her and said, I see something in you. I believe something more for you than you may even know or see in yourself right now. And our posture, right, are so many times when it comes to hearing from God, like, God, what's your dreams? What do you want me to do? We have this posture of, of, of hearing from God where I'm just going to wait, I'm going to sit, I'm going to not move, right? Now, some of you guys are like, isn't that what you just said to do, Dave, right? Yes, but let's go back to Acts 1. If you're reading in Acts 1, right after Jesus, Jesus gives this, like, go out everywhere. You're going to be my witnesses. It's going to be great. Like, everybody, everybody's just standing there looking up in the sky like, what do we do? What do we do now? Where do we go? And the angels actually come and they're like, what are you doing? What are you waiting for? Right? We have this posture, though. This is what we do. We just sit there until God tells us something to do when this is an active waiting that we're talking about. We don't not do anything waiting for God to say something. We do the things God has said for us to do, waiting for him to say new things for us to do. There's plenty of stuff that they could get out there and go and do in the waiting while they're waiting together. We want to do nothing until we hear something. But the truth is that we're supposed to be faithful. Do something until you get to something else, right? God's plans for you involve the church because God's plan for the world, get this, is the church. This is it. This is God's dream. Us, together, living life, helping each other, encouraging one another, sharing the good news, being good news. To it. This is it. So God's not going to give you a dream that sidesteps and goes around the church. No, God's dreams for you go right through his heart, which is the church. This is where dreams are planted. This is where people, dreamers are sent out. It goes through the church. So many of us are wondering, why isn't there more power, right, in the church? Why don't we see more things happening? It's because so many of us are just out there doing our own thing. And I'm not saying that maybe you don't have some good reasons. I get it, right? There's church hurt that happens. There's no perfect churches out there because they're full of imperfect people, me included, and let's be honest, every one of you guys too, you know? Like, it's just the truth. There's no perfect churches out there, and we get hurt, but... Giving up on it, going around it, not being a part of it, that's not where God's dreams are. They're here. There's power in togetherness. It's like being in a concert, right? I love going to concerts. And I was thinking about this this week. If you had the opportunity to go to a concert of your absolute favorite band or group, musician of all time, and you had a choice, right? All things are the same. The price is the same. Um, the, all the drinks are included. You know, like there's personal, whatever. It's all the same. And you could either sit there alone or sit there right in that same front seat with a thousand, thousands and thousands of other people. Every single one of us would pick the people. Because that's the difference, right? There is power in people coming together. There's something magical, something special that happens when people come together unified around something with, a, with the same passion, with the same mission, Something special happens there, and it doesn't happen. I'm sorry, we're, we're so thankful for technology, and if you're live streaming right now, like that is an awesome thing to be able to do when you can't be here, but there's something special here that doesn't happen when you're live streaming. There's something special in being here together in the ups and the downs that doesn't happen when you're in and out occasionally, right? 
When we're together, when we know each other, when we love each other, and there's the same passion, there's unity and vision and mission, something special happens. It's what happened in Acts 2 when it says, the day of Pentecost arrived and they were all together in one place. I don't think this is coincidence. They're all together in one place. And suddenly, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. They're all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Like, this is crazy, amazing, powerful stuff, right? This is the encounter with God that so many of us want, but we don't put ourselves in the place to receive it, to feel it. To be there, were you there? You had to be there because you just can't explain it. You can't, you can't experience it if you weren't there. God says in the Bible, where two or three or more are gathered in my name, there I am with them. It's not that you don't have access to God at every day when you're alone. You do. That's an important part of, of our spirituality, of our walk with Jesus is, is just spending time with him all the time, hearing from him. But when we get together, there's power God's presence is there in ways that aren't, aren't like anything else. We can encourage one another. We're, we're, our faith is stirred. What if we, when we gathered, there was just this expectancy like, oh, yeah, Jesus is going to be, oh, what's God going to do, right? I'm going to church. God's going to be there. That's, did, did you just hear what I said? Right? I'm going to church. God's going to be there, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, geez, we would get more excited if the, if the Thinking Krispy Kreme hot now sign is, is on, you know, like, oh, I'm going to Krispy Kreme. The sign's on, like, you know, I'm going to church. God's going to be there, like, he's going to show up and do something when we're all together that's, that's special, that's powerful, because God's dreams are released as we engage in community. And it's not just on Sunday. It is on Sunday, but it's not just on Sunday. That involvement, what God does in you, the experiences that you have, the people that you meet, lay the groundwork and actually lead you to the things that God has for you next. Acts 2 goes on, and perhaps you've heard this before. It's a pretty famous couple verses in the Bible. It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe is coming upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. Did you get that? Like they're devoting themselves to teaching and fellowship. It's this day by day, house to house kind of thing where they're living life together. Sometimes we wonder, right? We're, we're not a part of the church. We're not engaged in community, relationship. And we, and we go, oh, man, why am I not growing? Why am I not seeing aw, awesome things? Why am I not seeing the wonders? What is happening as they're living out this life together centered around Jesus as a representation of him? Aw, wonders. Why is it awe? Why is it wonder? Because God's doing it. They're just living out Jesus together. And they're like, I don't even know how God's doing this stuff, but he's doing amazing things as we live this life together. I just want to tell you, God's purposes for you are found in the church. Not, not just coming to church, not just sitting in, engaged in community, engaged in relationship, in, as a part of God's dreams, what he's doing. God's purposes for you are found in the church. God's purposes for the world are accomplished through the church. It's a good place to be. It's good to be a part of it. But not only is God's power found in the church, God's provision for you is found in the church. There are dreams that God has for you. There are people that God wants you to know 
and have a part of your life. There is strengthening and encouragement that God has for you. There are resources that God wants to make available to you that are not found apart from relationship within the church. Just not there. God's provision for others is often found through the church. God's provision for you is often found in the church. How many times, right, do we see someone that this, like, has strong relationship and then the hard times come and there's people that just gather around them, pray for them, bring them meals, give them a ride, cry, allow you to cry on their shoulder, watch the kids, right? It's because of the investment that's already been made. It's because you're a part of the family. But so many times we live the opposite way, right? We wait until that moment and then go, where was the church when? Where was God when? We weren't, we weren't engaged. We weren't a part of it. So we miss out on God's provision for us. Don't wait. Don't, don't waste your life on other dreams. And don't wait until that moment to engage here in God's dream now. Acts 2, 45 to 47 continues. It says, They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So many of our dreams involve us getting instead of us giving. When the truth is, those who dream are available. We're available to give. We're available for generosity. Something awesome happens when people give. Get this, others receive. When you give, others receive. There are needs that go unmet because people aren't generous. Matthew 13, 58, Jesus is talking and, and he says that he's actually not able to do things in certain cities because there's unbelief there, because people aren't res responding giving of themselves, stepping out, believing. There are dreams on God's heart that we can play a part in, that, but we miss out when we don't give. What happens when we make our resources available for God's dreams? Here's, here, here are a few things that I see. Number one, it spurs on more generosity. Jesus actually says, freely you've received, so freely give. You ever notice that? When you receive something freely, you're far more likely to go like, you know what? No, I, I just want to give. I've been given so much. I want to give. Giving freely spurs on more generosity. Here's the second thing. People praise God. There's so many different places that are giving and doing great things that, not, that are not representations of Jesus. But when we give through the church, people are actually going, oh my gosh, the church doesn't suck. The church is good. Like, Jesus cares. They're, they're, they praise God instead of some nonprofit organization because it happens here through the church. Number three, favor with people happens. Needs get met. People like having their needs met, right? I like having my needs met. Favor with people. And it comes when somebody's generous enough to give their time, your, your treasures, like money, financially, whatever it is, that gives you favor with people. You shouldn't buy your friends, but sometimes it's nice when they help you out, right? Come on, let's, I know I'm talking about money, but let's, we can all be here, okay? All right? Available, available. Needs are met. People are healed. They're loved. They're served. They're taken care of. Differences are made in people's lives. And here's the, here's the ultimate thing that happens. We see it in Acts 2. God's dream, God's mission moves forward. Added to their number daily. Why? Because of a group of people that said, here I am. I'm available. 
We're going to live life together. We're about you, Jesus, your dreams, whatever it takes, whatever I've got, I'm available. Is a lack of availability, hear me on this, I'm going to ask a question. Is a lack of availability of yourself, of your time, of your resources, of your finances, hindering and holding back God's dreams in your life? Is a lack of availability hindering and holding back God's dreams for paradox? God's dreams for our city. God's dreams for your family, for future generations. What happens? What will God do when we say, I'm available? You got it all. You got it all, God. We make plans for ourselves, our future, but God's dreams are about others, and they're usually bigger than our comfort zone. This is the last thing. Those who dream are moved out to the world. The church is not about itself. God's dreams are not just about us. What if the church actually benefited those who were not a part of it more than the people that were? What if the city of Warren was thankful to have a a non-taxable piece of real estate in their city? Because, man, what if we weren't here? Those who dream are moved out into the world. We assume God's dreams are about us. So we go, I'm going to spend more time at church. I want to do more church stuff with church people. I don't want to have to be around sin and sinners and all this other stuff. And so we get more and more comfortable here in these walls doing churchy stuff with God's people. And we get less and less comfortable out there. That sounds a lot to me like restoring the kingdom when we're called to be representations of Jesus. No, that's not God's dream. God's dream is not about us. It's not even about the church. It's about others. It's about the world. We're out there. Acts 1.8, remember, they come together. They say, God, are you going to restore at this time the kingdom to Israel? Are you going to do it for us, Jesus? And he says, no, no, no. It's not for you to know the times. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem with the people who know you, in Judea, in the place that you live, the people around you, in Samaria, the people that are different from you, that look different, think different, act different, talk different, and to the ends of the world, the people that don't even know you, the people who you've never met. Guys, when we dream God's dreams, that's how far-reaching it can be. It moves us out. Sometimes it's outside of our our location, outside of our career, outside of our country, but other times it's outside of ourselves and outside of our comfort zones. Today, I want to invite us all to make this exchange. If we're going to talk about dreams, what if we stopped making our own plans and starting asking God to dream his dreams through us as people in our lives, in our families, as a church? God, would you dream your dreams through us? What if we exchanged it and we got to the place where we exchanged God's dreams for ours and we looked a whole lot like Jesus as he prayed in the garden? Remember that prayer in Luke 22. Jesus knows he's about to suffer and die and he's praying to God, saying, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. What's the cup? It's suffering. It's what he's about to go through. He knows he's going to be humiliated, beaten, tortured, put up on a cross and left to die. And he's praying out, he's crying out to God, this is not my dream. I don't want that, but I want your dreams more than my dreams. I want your future more than than my preferred future. 
I want what's important to you, God, more than what's important to me. And so Jesus prays, not my will, but yours be done. And that is what we remember every time we do this. When we gather, when we break bread, we take communion, we remember this moment where Luke 22, again, when Jesus takes bread and gives thanks, he breaks it and gives it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten saying, this cup which is poured out for you is a new covenant in my blood. This is the length to which you are God's dream. And it's the call that we, are, we get invited into. Will we exchange our dreams for God's dreams? As you come forward to take communion during this closing song, I want to invite you before you do to pray this dangerous but exciting prayer. Not my will, but yours. I want to invite you to exchange your dreams, your plans, your agenda for God's. Those who dream with God are driven by the Spirit, not their own agenda. Those who dream with God are representing Jesus wherever they go, whoever they're with, whatever they do. Those who dream with God are engaged in relationship within the church. You're part of the body. Those who dream with God are available to give towards God's dreams. To, to move forward God's dream in the world. And those who dream with God are moved outside of themselves. As you before you take communion, sit, pray for a moment. Not my will, not my dreams, God, but yours. Thank you for listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. If you want more information about us or to just get connected, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We would love to hear from you.